Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. fantasy football preview show where we go for the wide receivers and tight ends today after last week diving through the quarterbacks and running backs but Ernie before we get started a couple of quick things I want to address first the little league team from Honolulu Hawaii win their fourth world championship second in four years with the most dominating performance in the little leagues in six games gang check this out in six games they outscored their opponents 60 to 5 they won four of their six games by the 10 run rule they hit 14 home runs the rest of the 19 teams combined hit 19 the entire tournament and the Hawaii team hit 14 by themselves including the first two batters today incredible performance congratulations to Gerald Oda and the Honolulu Little League World Series team yeah very dominant and, and congratulations to Curacao also I mean they're a, they're a small tiny nation you know they say they're, they're I guess they're on the outskirts of Carib- of the Caribbean uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're on that mainland part of South America, but a very, very small country. Uh, now, Hawaii is part of the United States, a very large company. But if you're considering the, the actual state versus the country, of course, really two relatively small places. So, you know, and both of the this is, I believe, I believe four years ago was the when they met the last time I believe it was well they, they made it back to the World Series last year losing in the US Championship but it wasn't this Honolulu team it was a Maui team last no, year what, I, what I'm talking about is Curacao I, I, they, yeah they, Curacao has been there pretty regularly regular, very regular yeah, I mean just like just like the Hawaii teams but congratulations to uh, you know both teams but especially the, the Hawaii club you're making us very proud over here absolutely and it's before we dive in we gotta address a couple of NBA things first my Lakers trade for Patrick Beverly, finally giving up THT and Stanley Johnson to get Patrick Beverly. Not the big trade that all the Laker fans were clamoring for. It's not Kyrie. It's not Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. It's Patrick Beverly. The Lakers reluctant to give up THT for two years now. Finally do so. Return Patrick Beverly, who's not necessarily a difference maker that's at the caliber of a Kyrie, but he's a glue piece. He's the yeah. pest yeah. that is willing and able to shut down one of the other team's primary players. So it gives the Lakers a dog that they've really been missing. They haven't had that dog trying to motivate people. And then Ernie, the Nets. They come to an agreement with Kevin Durant that he's not going anywhere. He's staying, meaning Kyrie is staying. The Nets are going to run it back. They're solely aiming at your Boston Celtics. Uh, that's all. That's all posturing from my standpoint. I mean, how can how can you ask for the jobs of your GM and your coach? You know, and then you know pretend to kiss and make up. There, there's going to be some. V- very awkward situations in that locker room. I don't know how to how the chemistry was is is going to work. They have a very formidable roster. I will not deny that, but it didn't work last year. Uh, I really think this is going to blow up. I think the next misstep, or if they get off to a you know a bad start, or maybe even a bad stretch during the season, that this thing rears its ugly head again. It, it could be a combination of not only just. Kevin Durant, but of course Kyrie Irving. Uh, 
this saga is not over in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's probably not. But for now, we can finally put to bed all the Kevin Durant watches. For now, he's coming back and the season is going to start in a couple of months. So we'll see if anything changes. But Ernie, let's get to the NFL. All preseason games are now done. 53-man rosters are going to be set by the end of the day on Tuesday. Today, we cover wide receivers and tight ends. So in order to keep it flowing a little bit more, because there's so many wide receivers that maybe we want to comment on, I'm not sure where you're at. I think I'd like to start by just sharing with you my tiers of top wide receivers. So what I mean by that, in my first group, I have three guys. I believe any of these three could be the number one wide receiver. Mike Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams, Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings, and Jamar Chase from the Cincinnati Bengals. Any one of those three, given the right circumstances, plus or minus, to me, they separate themselves a little bit from the next tier, which for me includes Devontae Adams, who's always a top-tier wide receiver, but now he's going to have to prove that he can do it without Aaron Rodgers. I think he can, but I'm not sure he goes for 17 touchdowns like he has for the last few years. Stephon Diggs is in that tier for me, and Tyree Kill and Debo Samuel are both in that tier. Now, the last two, Tyree Kill, how is he going to, Hill, how does he respond without Patrick Mahomes? We're going to see if he can rack up the type of fantasy points that he's used to with Tua Tungavailoa. That's going to be interesting. And then Debo Samuel, it's a matter of how are they going to use him? I know he was adamant that he didn't want to be used at both running back and wide receiver. If he's a straight wide receiver, then he'll be around here, maybe slightly lower, especially with a rookie uh, quarterback. But if he's going to be used in that dual role, then of course, Debo Samuel is going to be a top tier. So that's how I see the top two. After that, it's going to be bundled. Your thoughts on your top of your wide receiver war room? Yeah, I I, I would agree with you on the the first three. I'm going to put Stefan Diggs in that top tier uh, also. And the, the reason why is because Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders are gone. Now, I know Gabriel Davis really showed up on the playoffs. We've yet to see how that translates in a regular season. Of course, they got uh, uh, another prospect in uh, Isaiah McKenzie. But, you know, Stefan Stefan Diggs combined with Josh Allen, I think is going to be, he's going to be the definite go-to guy over there. I think, I think you're going to see an uptick in regards to the number of targets he has. I think you're going to see an uptick in regards regards to the number of touchdown he has because you know uh Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley were a big part of that uh uh you know passing attack and yes Gabriel Davis will take part of that Isaiah McKenzie will take a part of that uh I don't think they they match up to you know the what they have lost so I think if if Josh Allen were to have the same type of at least on par statistically the same type of season that he had last year that Stefan Diggs would be up in in that he'll basically he'll have a better season than last year and then you guys remember that Ernie and I both had Josh Allen as our number one quarterback for Mm -hmm. me number one overall so I I hear what you're saying he could definitely be in that top yeah I put him but uh, as far as my number one I'm going with Jamar Chase I mean Everyone can say T. Higgins, on average, because he only played 13 games last season, uh, caught more balls per game, had more targets per game. 
But Jamar Chase showed during the second half of the season, showed during the playoff, showed during the crunch time that he is the premier wide receiver. I don't think n- nobody will 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 say that he plays second fiddle to to T Higgins. Now they also have Tyler Bo- Boyd, they have Joe Mixon, so they have a very vaunted attack. But I think in his second season, I think Jamar Chase takes that extra step. The two guys who I think are, are, are there, which you mentioned, Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup, I think they go, they go down a little bit, which brings them back to the pack. Not saying that they can, they're, they're going to be, uh, they can't be the number one. They can still be the number one. I just don't see them having as good a season as they had last year. Now, Cooper Cup had an amazing season yeah, last year. Yeah, he had year. an all-time so season e- last yeah, year. So even if you were at 80% of that, 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 that's still no that could be number one this year even if it was 80 percent but you know what uh to me that's all predicated on how well cam Akers, how well he fits back into that system do they have a running do they have a more balanced running attack how many uh targets he takes away from that group uh the obj situation how that figures itself out I just have question marks over there. And for Justin Jefferson, another, you know, terrific season. Kirk Cousins threw 29 touchdowns last year. Dalvin Cook was in and out. I mean, he, had, he, had, he was more healthy this season. But, of course, uh, you know, he has to split catches there with Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen will take a, a lot of thunder. But still, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs are in my top tier with Jamar Chase as my number one. Okay, what do you think about Tyreek Hill? How, how, what kind of is you see still top ten for you? He, he's top Debo ten. Debo Samuel still top ten. Debo Samuel's is top ten. I don't think he has the same number of rushing touchdowns. I think Trey Lance, uh, with his, his athleticism, takes away uh, you know some of that thunder from him. I still think they uh, you know they put him in a lot of schemes. I think they play a lot of decoy with Debo, Debo Samuel's this year. He's still going to get a, a, a number of targets. But he's in that second tier. CeeDee Lamb is somebody who I think is going to be uh, screaming for more attention. And if he doesn't do it, Dallas, who I predicted to be, uh, you know, a perennial, not, not a perennial power, but a power in that uh, NFC division is, is going to suffer because he needs to. They don't have Amari Cooper anymore. They're replacing him with Jalen Tolbert and Michael Gallup. Dak Prescott, although he had a very great season, it was almost like Man, did he have that statistical season? Because it didn't seem like it. But he threw for th- he threw for thirty seven touchdowns. You know, it just it. But it just it was a quiet thirty seven. I think that C D Lamb opens up. He takes his. He, you know, he takes the the targets that were meant for Amari Cooper. He you know, and he builds upon that. I think he's 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 got a chance to really. Uh, you know, go up there. Devontae Adams, he's with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's an Aaron Rodgers. He has to, you know, uh, and then he's going to have to compete with Hunter Renfro, who had over 100 targets last year. And then you got Darren Waller over there. So he's going to have to play. He's going to have to share a little bit in that Las Vegas Raiders offense. He's going to have a good season. I just don't know if he can duplicate last season's production. And then the aged one, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. I just can't count him out, especially with Tom Brady. Until Tom Brady shows me that he's Tom Brady, until, until he shows me that he acts his age, I can't discount Tom Brady. But that, that to me, that's my second tier over there. 
Okay, so I, I think for me, I, I think after my first solid seven, I think this is where it gets muttered, muddled a little bit. CeeDee Lamb, I agree, he's the number one wide receiver in Dallas now, but I have my doubts that he's, I have him eight right now, and I know on ESPN, they have him as the number six wide receiver, and wow. he could be. And I think that's by default, because as you stated, you know, Amari's gone, Cedric Wilson is gone, you have Tobert there, who they're high on, Gallup's on the pup list, he's out at least the first four games as he struggles to recover uh, from his injury. This week, Tyron Smith, the all-world left tackle, tears his hamstring off the bone. He's out for four months, probably out for the year. Now you only have two offensive linemen left. Can Dak produce? And if so, and I think he can, why wouldn't everyone just take CeeDee Lamb away from the Dallas Cowboys and force the other guys to beat him? That's my hesitation there. If he's sitting there for me in the third round, maybe, I think I'd, I'd take him. I would not take CeeDee Lamb in rounds one or two. After that, in that area for me is a bunch of people. A.J. Brown, he's been great his first two years in Tennessee. How does he act with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia? Keenan Allen has been consistent. You've already mentioned Mike Evans, one of the only guys to have eight straight thousand yard seasons to start. He's been battling some nagging injuries, but they've lost so many people that I think he's going to get the bulk of the receptions. Terry McLaurin is in there for me. Jalen Waddle, I expect Michael Pittman to take a leap for the Colts as their number one. Mm -hmm. And DJ Moore... Um, from the Carolina Panthers. He's had three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah. He seems to be improving with each year, but he's got Baker. Is Baker going to be able to get him the ball? So that whole area there, I think when you're getting into your draft, for me, it's just going to be a matter of value. Who's available at what point in the draft versus what other things are available in terms of quarterbacks, running backs, and maybe even tight ends? Because there could be hits and there could be misses anywhere through 10 through 30 for me even uh in terms of wide receivers yeah i mean i i would agree you agree with you on top of that i think that that third tier is pretty wide open uh, so basically what we're we're saying folks is you should look at your tiers because if you already have like a number one or a number two already on your on your roster uh, you could probably wait on the swing to come back to get your third wide, re- wide receiver or maybe even your second wide receiver, depending on how your league goes, and still get somebody in that third tier who's still, who's still pretty good. I mean, I have all those, all those guys that you mentioned on top of there. I mean, I'm, I, I even include, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson on top of there. I, you know, and it still remains to be seen. I, I really didn't have him on my list, but the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers has it's it's still muddy. I mean, right now, Mitch Trubisky looks like he's going to be the probable starter. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett is do it is. I mean, I'm so proud that I am so fortunate and proud that we that we actually took took him in the first round i mean he's 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 wonderful if not this year uh it looks like he's a great prospect for for you know the, for the future of the steelers basically what i'm saying is that i really think that the steelers passing attack uh takes a leap forward now that's going to be predicated on the offensive line and it it's it hasn't looked very pretty in the preseason other than the first game but if if that offensive line can somehow gel they got now they have uh, two new guys on that offensive line, so it does take a little bit of time for them to, you know, uh, gel together. If they can do that, Deontay Johnson should be in that uh, easily in a around the ten or twelve 
uh, for me. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about veteran wide receivers that may not be what you they used to be. So this is what I mean. Here's some names that I'm going to be talking about. DK Metcalf. He's still relatively young, but he's been a stud. A first rounder, second rounder, at the lowest, a third rounder for the first part of his career. But no more Russell Wilson. They're going with Geno Smith. I would be shocked if DK Metcalf comes close to the production that he has had with Russell Wilson. So he, I would drop down a little bit. Uh, another one is Chris Godwin. He's been great with with. Uh, Tom Brady, he's still recovering. He looks like he's going to go on the pup list. And those ACLs, you just kind of never know. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, somebody who suspended for the first six games. So if you can draft and stash, you can afford to do that and have him come back for the playoffs. I think that's a smart smart play. But can you really afford to spend a second or third round pick on a uh, you know, somebody who's always at the top of the wide receiver room. Ugh, that's a little bit scary. Amari Cooper, another mm. stud with Dallas. Now he's in Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett. Um, even if, what you know, Deshaun. Deshaun comes back late in the year, is there enough time to build chemistry? I have my doubts with that. Michael Thomas, after missing the whole season last year with the New Orleans Saints, what can we expect from Michael Thomas? Does he come back and be what he was before? That's highly unlikely, especially with Jameis and not Drew Brees as his right. quarterback. So what do we expect out of him? But popular names that were your go-to wide receivers in years past that are no longer, to me, worth the risk in the top seven or eight rounds of the draft. Yeah, and if you're not watching statistics and you're just uh, basically – you got those guys who come in into their drafts and they're, you know, they're just name recognition type of guys. I mean, they're going to get, they're probably going to get picked up early, you know, especially, you know, Thomas out of New Orleans. I mean, he was number one for, for, for quite, quite a while, but I'm, I'm going to agree with everything you said in regards to, well, I don't even have them on my third tier on top of there. I mean, I even have, I even had uh, St. Brown from the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go there. Let's go there, Ernie. Let's talk about some of these young guys that we expect whether they be rookies or second or even third year players that you expect to break out this year because i think for our listeners that's really how you win a championship you gotta guess right on the breakout stars and that can be the difference between a solid season and a championships so i'm curious to see who you have and see if i agree with with who i have as uh breakout candidates in the wide receiver room okay well i i i classified this as sleepers from my side okay. so so uh st brown would be considered my sleeper mm-hmm. I, I guess if you're a detroit lion fan what sleeper he had 119 targets last year but you know what 119 doesn't mean anything when you know what when you when you your football team really isn't out there and and not too many people know of him i mean he's not a household name he did have 90 catches uh, I don't think he fill up. He fills up the stat sheet as much because he only had five touchdowns. This was Goff's first year. I think they've built up a little bit more uh, chemistry together. I think that number uh, builds up a little. Even T.J. Hawkinson, their tight end, only you know he, his numbers dropped a little. I believe both of them will be uh, going up. Look out for Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool during his rookie year, he was a touchdown machine. Then he'll. Then he, everything fell off the cliff last year. I think he learned his lesson, and I think by switching from from by switching quarterbacks from Ben Roethlisberger to this new regime, whomever it may be, whether it be Trubisky or Pickett, 
really opens up new doors for for Chase Claypool. Uh, he's been doing very well in in the preseason. He is still a monster on the outside. He is a combat catcher. You throw it up. The guy is a built like a tight end, uh, an athletic tight end because he can go up for the ball. And he's got two other. He's got three wide receivers. If if you're going to include Pat Firemuth out there, who will take away. You can't really. If if you if you're going to double him, you're going to leave somebody open. So look for Chase Claypool to have a big bounce back. Now, does that put him in the top twenty? Maybe not. But you know what? If if you're going into uh, your you know uh, he'd be. Let's just say this. He'd be a very strong bench. Uh, as far as I think he gets points on the touchdown side. Yeah, I mean, Chase Kleepu is a phenomenal talent. Um, you know, for me, oh, let me let me just, well, I'll start with the Steelers because I'm high on George Pickens. I mean, I think George Pickens is the real deal. I agree with you, though. There is some caution because you're dealing with a situation either with Trubisky or Pickett. Mm-hmm. So you have somebody who's limited or a young guy, an offensive line that's still struggling. You have you have a brilliant running back, a brilliant tight end, which we'll get into, and a lot of receivers. So I'm not sure if he'll have the staggering season statistics, but I could certainly see a George Pickens and a Chase Claypool because they're very similar players having a, a 30, 40 point week because they go for 250 yards and two, three touchdowns. You can. You know, I can, I can really see that happening in terms of George Pickens. But here's some veterans that I would consider to be relative sleepers or people that are bounce back candidates. I'm going to go Homer. Allen Robinson, I believe, is going to be a really good addition to the Los Angeles Rams. I love Robert Woods and what he brings to the table, but Allen Robinson is special. And he was terrible last year, but the Bears were terrible last year. And Allen Robinson has never played with a good quarterback and a good offense. And he put up monster stats. So I think, I agree, I think Cooper Cup comes down a little bit, but I think that's because Allen Robinson is going to be able to do some things uh, to help the Rams. So I like him, and I like your former Steeler. I know I'm higher on Juju Smith-Schuster with the Kansas City Chiefs than you are. But again, with him, he had a phenomenal season with a weird, uh, I mean, a quarterback in Big Ben that was wearing down. He had a rocky last couple of years with them. Injuries and social media things that, that were kind of rocky. But all all signs point that he's at a great camp and he's going to be Mahomes' go-to guy, I think, along with Kelsey. So I expect that he's not going to have a 1,500, 15-touchdown type season, but I think he's going to have 1,200 yards and maybe 8 to 10 touchdowns. I think he's a solid veteran there. Now, in terms of younger guys to keep your eye on, like you said, sleepers that I think could take that next leap, Brandon Ayuk, unfortunately, Mm. from the San Francisco 49ers has been... He's been red hot in camp. He's been brilliant so far, according to all prognostications, which is not good news for my Rams, but I'm high on Brandon Ayuk. I wouldn't take him too high because I think there are limits there with the rookie quarterback. You already have Debo. You have Kittles, which we'll get into. I like Elijah Moore from the Jets. But again, there's a situation where Zach Wilson is hurt. Are they going to be able to get a quarterback that can get in the ball? I like Jerry Judy. Uh, with the Denver Broncos, with Russell Wilson there. I think he'll be the go-to guy. Rondell Moore, a small receiver out of the Arizona Cardinals. I think he slides into the role. Christian Kirk left for Jacksonville. He'll slide 
easily into that role. And I think early on with Hopkins out, you could see him getting eight to 10 catches for those first six weeks. So I think he can really help you out of the gate. If you can steal him in the 10 to 12th round, I think that would be a great pick. So those are some of the younger guys, um, rookies that I like. I like Chris Olave. Yeah, I think I like Olave him. is in a better position than Garrett Wilson uh, or really any of the other uh, wide receivers. So I like Chris Olave in that room with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry to, to do well. Um, but what do you think? What do you think about maybe rookies that you think may shine? I like I like Olave and and I really like Pickens. I think uh, Pickens has a really good shot. I mean, he's I mean, the guy is energy. I mean, uh, you know, breaking tackles, you know, catching the deep ball, big target, not afraid of going down the middle. I think he has he has every tool, uh, but he spells Chase Claypool. Uh, that's why, and and I think Chase Claypool just has the upper hand on him in regards to he knows NFL speed. I don't know if Pickens really knows NFL speed yet. Uh, the first couple of weeks will determine whether you know he surpasses Chase Claypool on uh, in that category. But I think Chase just has you know two years more experience than him, so you know they're. Uh, you know, Pickens will be, in my opinion, he'll be the he'll be the third, maybe the fourth receiver because I really think Frymuth is that good. I think I really think Frymuth gets the most targets out of there. But we'll uh, spend a little bit more time hit on that when we get to the tight end section. But going back to you mentioned in regards to, I'm going to go back on on the old school side uh, in regards to uh, DK Metcalf. This is a copycat league, and you know what? I don't see I don't see Seattle going anywhere. Without DK Metcalf having a decent year, uh, he's. If you ask me, anyone who can replicate what Debo Samuel's did last year, the first name that would come to mind, in my opinion, would be DK Metcalf. No, I don't think they have the necessary, uh, in similarity uh, skill set. I think Debo Samuel's is a little bit more shifty. Mm-hmm. Although DK Metcalf definitely has the size and the speed. Now, if if they can incorporate him in the run game like Debo Samuels, I think the uh, DK Metcalf has a chance to actually improve upon last year's stats. Because the only reason why we're putting in Debo Samuels is because he had eight rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, the guy had really middle of the pack uh well, I think early in the year, though, he was second to Cooper Cup through eight weeks in terms of receiving yards before they made him a wide receiver. Right. So, but, man, that'd be interesting to see because, gang, you guys all know what DK Metcalf looks like, right? He's like 2% body fat. He's 6'3", he's 240, he's chiseled. Right. That's what Ernie looks like. I mean, Ernie looks just like DK Metcalf, uh, what DK Metcalf will look like in 30 years. But that would be interesting. I mean, I hope you're wrong because, again, I don't want Seattle to do anything right. to do good. Right. Um, but I like the kid. I like the kid. He got his extension, so he's already getting paid. Maybe he's willing to do a little bit more. I, you're right, though. Debo is much more shifty. He can see the holes as a running back. DK would be just running over people exactly. and hopefully finding a crease and sent, taking it to the house. Yeah, he's Mar- that fast. Mar- Marshawn Lynch style. Style. There I, you go. I, 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 that's what that, that's that, interesting. That, I mean, that's, that's an interesting take that you think that there's a possibility that he could be used a la Debo Samuel uh, in Seattle. Yeah, and then to throw out another old timer name, of course, Keenan Allen. I, I think he still has 
you know, the skill set in order to be a very productive. But, you know, th- that the last 10 minutes that we spoke in regards to uh, tier one and tier two, that's how deep this this tier three could be. Uh, and I think we delved a little bit past that into tier four. But, you know, uh, if, if, if uh, yeah, and sleepers. So if you're going to be drafting and you really want a decent wide receiver, I'd, I'd concentrate more on your number, your tier one, tier two. And then find out who that tier three, what that big group there in the tier three is. And if you really like somebody, you know, and maybe you can pick a, another category and wait till that swings back to you. And you can pick up a, you know, somebody decent without ever having to reach for them. And again, the key gang is really understanding how your scoring system works. Are you in a PPR league? How many wide receivers are you going to be playing? Is it a straight two? Is it three? You have a flex, a super flex, both. It's really important to really understand that. Because if you're in a PPR league, you can do a lot of good with somebody like a Hunter Renfro, mm. who had almost 100 catches last year. And I bet you he has another 100 this year. Mm. He's not going to get tons of yards, but he'll get you 8 to 10 catches every week, 80 to 100 yards every week, and maybe a touchdown. And on that can add up over or, or over a season so hunter renfro is a name that i would love to be available in rounds 10 to 12 so there are so many wide receivers if we went through all of them it would take forever i know the falcons are high on drake london although he got hurt in the first game i have my reservations about how good that falcons offense is possible going to be um so if i'm going to draft a running i mean a wide receiver who's a rookie i'm going chris olave yeah over anyone else George Pickens would be my second choice mm-hmm. uh, and then I after agree. that I would be I would pick them up on the waiver wire if they if they hit or miss but I, I wouldn't dive too deep into the wide receiver rookie wide receiver class other than Olave and Pickens in my opinion I, I, I would agree on top of you and and also pay attention to those the, these number two wide receivers on very good teams I mean you got your Jaden Waddles in in Miami uh, your T Higgins in Cincinnati even though they're number twos on their team they can Mike definitely Williams with the Chargers. Exactly. They can easily outperform number ones on other teams. So, and especially if the, their number ones go down, then you got a superpower. So. Yeah. And, and I think what Ernie's point is so important because I think if you can get one of the top tiers, the tier one guys, like for me, those three guys, for Ernie, it's four guys maybe. If you can get them in round one, then I think you go for it. But if you don't get the top tier guys, there is so much depth at the position. I would not reach and overdraft someone because we said this last week, you don't necessarily win your league with a first round pick. But you can lose your league if your first round pick is atrocious exactly. and goes out. Exactly. So be careful with there. Don't don't overreach. So Ernie, let's go into the tight end room where I know you're excited because you've already mentioned him a couple of times uh, in the wide receiver room. But let's jump into the tight end position because, gang, let's be honest. There are a ton of wide receivers out there. You can get tremendous value even in the free agent market because there's so many wide receivers. The same is not the case for tight ends there is a clear line of how many tight ends you can expect to be consistent point producers for you you may have guys that hit from time to time but the consistent guys they're not that many Ernie so what does your tight end ratings look like and then the second question would be where would you draft a tight end Boy, it really, it, again, it depends on your league. I mean, if it's, if it's going to, I know some leagues where they give double points to tight ends, you know, double the wide receiver points. So, you know, somebody, you know, who gets a lot of targets is, is probably going to go number one in that league, you know. But if it's like a regular league, 
Uh, you're looking at a tight end, maybe at the end of the first round or something like that. To me, the quarterbacks, the to me, the top tier uh, uh, running backs, quarterbacks, and wide receivers will go earlier than your top rated tight end. To me, uh, the days where Travis Kelsey was uh, a unanimous number one, where he was probably in the top five, uh, aren't aren't there anymore. Travis Kelsey, to me, right now is. Uh, is my number three tight end. He he had an underwhelming, although very good good year last year. He had a very underwhelming season. To me, my number one uh, uh, tight end is Mark Andrews, and I'm saying that when he didn't even have his number one quarterback out there. So, you know, I'm hoping that that uh, scenario improves his statistics. I mean, the guy was just he, people teams tried to double him. They tried to double this guy. So uh, I really think that this guy is on the upward swing. I I try to go into fantasy football drafts, looking at these uh, prospects, thinking, okay, are they going to remain the same, constant? Do they have upward potential or have they hit their peak and and they're on a downward slide? Mark Andrews uh, was great, and I think he's going to get even better. He's my number one wide receiver. I have Travis Kelsey right behind him. Kyle Pitts is just a touchdown machine. I just don't know how he's going to do with the uh, Marcus, Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter yeah, as the I, quarterback. I, 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 I really don't know. I mean, it's two different types of balls. I mean, Marcus Mariota, uh, he was a goal line guy, you know, for at least for at least for the Vegas Raiders. Uh, I haven't seen him throw even even when he was at Tennessee. I didn't really consider him, uh, you know, a downfield thrower, and at least at the you know, the prowess of uh, Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan was, at least in his Super Bowl years, was able to extend the field. That's Kyle Pitt's game. I mean, he's like a, he's like a wide receiver. The guy has, what, 4-4 four, four speed. Mm-hmm. So, But I still have him as my number three. If he had a very good quarterback, I'd put that guy number one. Kittle is still George Kittle. I just don't know about Trey Lance. Okay, so you got to watch about. I really like Darren Waller. I really like Darren Waller. But the guy is often injured, and you're bringing in another piece of competition in Devontae Adams. So I have that group, that five-tier group, very, very close. If I missed up on my number one Mark Andrews, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put my head down because I know I, could get, I have four chances to get the other four guys and still have uh, a, basically a, a decent you know, pickup. Okay, so for me, I still have Travis Kelsey number one, but I I caution you, gang. Like Ernie said, that in years past, you may get Travis Kelsey being drafted in the first round. I wouldn't do that this year. I would wait on the tight end. Uh, I would wait till round three. I think you take a running back and two wide receivers before you go tight end because I don't think that although there's not a whole lot of tight ends, Ernie highlights some of the best ones, but I'm not sure there's too much delineation between some of the other guys. And this is what I mean. I have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, one and two, mostly because those are the two guys that are most reliable to stay healthy. And I think that's the important thing at this position. I have uh, Kyle Pitts three as well. I think he's just a phenomenal talent, but there's so many questions on that offense. And are they going to be able to get him the ball? Darren Waller, I have in there as well, but he's an injury risk. He's Mm -hmm. been banged up Mm -hmm. for the last few years. He's hurt now. 
you know, he's banged up right now. So there's some questions there. Um, George Kittle, I have a little bit lower than you. He's been a stud when he's healthy, but he's not been healthy for three consecutive years. He misses chunks four to eight games every year for the last three years. At that point, I think the body just starts breaking down. So I wouldn't expect him to be reliable, reliable for the whole year. I have in my top five, your guy, Pratt Fearmuth. I have him at number five. I believe he's going to be a touchdown machine inside that area. And this is one of the reasons why I think you alluded to it before with uh, with Pickens and Claypool. I think they're both firecracker type people. This is why I think eventually I think Pickett becomes the quarterback because I think Pickett can handle them better than Trubisky can. But Pickett, even in college, he, he threw the wide receivers, but he threw the tight ends. Furmuth is going to have 12 touchdowns this year, in my opinion. He's not going to get the catches that Kelsey gets or Waller gets uh, or a healthy uh, Kittles gets, but he's going to get the touchdowns. I could see him going for 80 80 catches this year, about five a game for about 900 to 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. That at tight end can help you win a championship. So he's in my top five. After that, people that can be hit and misses, TJ Hawkinson can have you some great weeks with the Detroit Lions. Mike Jacecki now with all that speed to, to create space, Jacecki may have a better year uh, than in the last couple of years. And then, of course, Zacharitz and Dallas Gobert are always going to be right there. But for me, if I could get one of those top five in round three to five, maybe I take them. If not, I sacrifice the tight end position and I go with somebody late in the draft, someone like an Evan Ingram, who with Trevor Lawrence now and, and Etienne and those guys in Jacksonville could finally have a passing game that could make him reach his level of potential that he never reached uh, in the, with the New York Giants. So that's kind of how I take a look at it. And Josh Allen is another one that constantly uses his tight end. So Dawson Knox, there might be somebody to pick with. But uh, I love your man. I love your Furmuth, Ernie. I'm, I'm glad you love him because, I, I, I mean, I, I got him number six. I don't think he's going to have that many touchdowns. I, I, I just got a feeling that Chase Claypool uh, – George Pickens and even Najee Harris will uh, battle for those combat catches. But the guy, you're right on the money. That guy is, you know, down the seam. He is a pass catcher. The guy is, the guy is a wide receiver. You know, in a tight end's body, the guy can block. I and mean, the guy is very athletic. I really like Pat Firemuth. Uh, I have a number six on 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 my list. I also have Hunter Henry out of New England. I got a feeling that, you know, he did he did better when he was with the San Diego Chargers. Matt Jones, I think uh, they figured them out in the second half of the season. I'm kind of getting worried about Matt Jones because he's been struggle, struggling a little bit this preseason. I anticipated him to take, a, a, you know, a better leap uh, come his sophomore season. Uh, I hope that happens. Well, not really. I hope that happens, but I think that's going to happen. I think Hunter Henry is going to be a big part of that if it does happen. Uh, I also like Zach Ertz out of Arizona. I think he's a savvy veteran. I think their offense, the way Kyle Murray runs it, I think he is an integral piece of that offense. And I like Dawson Knox out of Buffalo. I think that's the, you know, very underwhelming player but you know what when you got Josh Josh Allen there throwing the ball to you I mean he can make stars out of anybody Furmuth and Knox are similar type players where they're going to get a lot of touchdowns I just like Furmuth better I mm. think Furmuth is a better version of Dawson Knox now 
he doesn't have Josh Allen. So that yeah. could be the equalizer. <laughs> um, but I, 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 yeah, I love Freer Muth. Any, any guys that you think nobody's talking about that could help you win, you know, from the tight end position? I know you talked about Hunter Henry. Uh, anyone else? I mean, what do you think about somebody like a Cole Komet with Justin Fields and with the Bears? I've heard a lot of people high on him. I don't know how you can be high on anybody with the Bears right now. I like Justin Fields, but until they can protect him, he could be in for another licking. And I've actually heard some things, but I think this is more the Russell Wilson effect. Um, but the guy replacing Noah Font, Albert Okubugnam, or mm-hmm. however you pronounce his last name. I apologize if I butchered it. Um, but I've heard some things about him and the prospects of him uh, being someone that Russell Wilson looks to a lot, that big giant of a tight end. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he could be. I mean, I mean, you mentioned Noah Fant out there. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think, uh, you know, his stock from a fantasy standpoint has dropped since he was traded to you know that Seahawk teams if you're gonna play be playing chess on top of this you might want to consider David and Joku uh, I mean uh because you know if you're if you're if you're looking to make that stretch playoff run uh if if Deshaun the quarterback come comes back. back in week 11 that's somebody that you might want to at least uh take a peek at maybe picking up week eight three weeks par while he's st- probably still cheap floundering in that Cleveland offense, whom, whomever the quarterback is. Uh, and uh, who else out there? I like Robert uh, Tanyan Jr. from Green, Green Bay. That's, it's a matter of can he recover, though. He's still, on the, he's still injured recovering from that ACL from last year. If he's healthy without their you know, wide receiver room exactly. being so depleted, exactly. uh, he's the one that will have the comfort level that's what with, I think. with Aaron Rodgers, but he's got to be healthy. Yeah. So if he's healthy, that's a guy I re- I, I re- Aaron Rodgers has to throw to somebody. No one can convince me that Aaron Rodgers is not going to throw for over 3,000 yards and over 25 touchdowns this season. He's going to have to find a target, and I believe that comfort, like what Monty said, is going to be from, from their tight end position. So he's somebody uh, I would look uh, you know, at seriously. Uh, in the later rounds okay so let's we're gonna we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on defense but again it's very important gang to really understand what your league scoring system is in some leagues the defense is an afterthought in other leagues people who are defensive minded if you're playing in a league with a commissioner who loves defense you can score a lot of points from the defensive position so how many points for sacks how many points for interceptions how many points for fumbles how many points for strip sacks those kinds of things you're going to want to be aware of but just we're going to just speak just generally speaking based on yahoo or espn generic formats in terms of defense because it's too hard to speculate um ernie just share with me maybe some of the defenses that you would love to have in your fantasy team i mean i don't think you can go wrong with uh you know who what the prognosticators are putting out on on all their websites i i, I think the consensus you're looking at right now is buffalo and tampa bay i think they've been on the they've been like number one number two out there that's just shocking to me I, i'll be honest with you the bills i get because the bills are solid last year but Tampa Bay, they were less than stellar last year. They lost in Dominican Sioux. They lost they're JPP. Ag- they're aging. Um, I, I just, I don't get it. And if you're, you, gang, I, I, Ernie and I, for frame of reference, and it's easiest for you guys to find this, we look at the ESPN list, and the Steelers are 12. I don't know what these guys were thinking. Yeah. Because if I had a pick, 
I would take Steelers number one to me as my defense. I would take them one because you're going to get tons of sacks, fumbles, right. which normally leads to interceptions. So they would be my number one. They're sitting here at 12. I think that's crazy. Yeah. As far as team defense is concerned, if it's pred- if your scoring system is just predicated based on turnovers, a lot of it is based upon, uh, you know, a number of yards allowed rushing, number of yards allowed passing. I can see why the Steelers are down. I think that's the reason why uh, they they were they were terrible against the run, and I, I think it needs to be proven this year that they you know they, that they are still uh, that they'll bounce back from that uh, that ranking. But yeah, they were terrible against the run. Uh, their their uh, defensive backfield is in question. They. Uh, I think they've solidified it, and you know, I think they're a top. Rank- I think they're a top ten defense, but I can see why their ranking is that way because they were more of a bend don't break. Although it didn't seem like that that last year. I think they bent and broke at certain points at times. They were just injured. You know, they didn't. Tyson Alu Alu went out. Uh, Tuit went out. You had. Uh, even defensive player of the year, TJ TJ Watt was out for a specific number of times, but I think he comes back strong. I think uh, you know that they they added uh, 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 well they added they had they added good pieces this offseason, especially to their their defensive line. I really saw I, in today's game. I thought that Devin Bush probably played his best game in the last two years, and I hope that's. You know, a good sign for him because that middle linebacker piece was what was missing. Uh, Miles Jack, it looks like to be a good pickup over there. And like I said, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, is, you know, justifying his contract that he just made as being the highest paid safety in the NFL. I would put them... uh, at least top five in my in, in my book. So going back to ESPN, they had the Saints at number three. I am high on the Saints. And again, gang, I think when you're drafting a defense, you have to look at the schedule. Like, I like my Rams defense. I think my Rams defense is going to be better this year than they were last year, comparable to when they were the number one defense two years ago. Because you have AD in the middle solidifying that. I think Bobby Wagner, Wagner shores up the running game. You still have Jalen Ramsey in a good secondary. I think their defense is going to be good, but the Rams schedule is brutal. I mean, they have to play the AFC West. They have to play Buffalo. They have two games against the 49ers. They have two games against Kyler Murray. They play the Cowboys. They play the Bucks. They play the Packers. That is a tremendous amount of offensive firepower to expect the Rams to be able to, to handle. So I am not as high on them. They have the 49ers four for the same reason. I think the 49ers are going to struggle because they play the exact same AFC West. They have the Rams twice. Now they don't have to play the Bucks, the Packers, and the Cowboys. So that makes it a little bit easier. Um, but it really depends. That's why I think the Saints are a solid pick because they seem to have Brady's number. And then the Panthers and the Falcons are, ah, and that's four games right there. So I think the Saints defense could be one that you want to take a look at. Similarly, the Packers. I think the Packers are going to be solid. They have Detroit. They have Chicago. Minnesota is going to be solid, but that's four relatively easy games for their defense. So I think that's what you kind of want to look like. I think with the defense, it's all about matchups. So take a look at who you really like. Unless there's no superpower defenses to me. The Bills are ranked so high because they have the Jets. They have Tua. They have the, the Patriots in their division. That's six games that they should be able to reasonably dominate. 
um, from the defensive perspective, but it's really about matchups. Like I wouldn't touch the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, or the Broncos defenses because they got to play those quarterbacks eight times or six times each plus the AFC, I mean the NFC West. So that's kind of what my thinking is there. I still love your Steelers. If I had a pick late in the draft, my number one defense, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I w- and But to, to be honest, I mean, defense should be, if not your last pick, close to your last pick, you know, out there. I mean, it's a crapshoot. Any given day, no matter what the stats show, a defense can go off and on. It really depends, like on what Monty said, what the matchup is. So, the uh, you know, the, the, the foreshadowing on top of that is look towards who you're playing, who has... Does the team that you're gonna that defense play? Do they commit a lot of turnovers? Uh, are they uh, maybe uh, a team that you know has a good has a poor running game and your defense has a good uh, run stopping game? If if you know if that matches up, you know you might have a good run stopping team, but they're a good passing team. Uh, and then you know what your, your strength is uh, you know not maximized in that standpoint so and then the other thing to look at is if you have a good returner right like if you have a kickoff returner or a punt returner that's going to get you points that's something to definitely consider right. as well right which um, makes which makes Steelers uh, even better because they picked up the all pro uh, re- pro bowl returner from New England you know Olszewski and he, he's lighting it up there you go there you go gang so gang hopefully this helps you out we spent last week going over quarterbacks and running backs this week we looked at all of the wide receivers and tight ends we shared some of our sleeper picks some of those that are not getting talked about in the top 30 we shared with you our thoughts that if you can get the top tier guys in the wide receiver room you jump on them early if you can't don't reach for other second tier guys there's so much depth at the wide receiver position you're better off getting a strong running back one than a weaker wide receiver two in my opinion Mm -hmm. so it's really a matter of learning your positions being very clear on what it is you want to draft and then going from there i'm a commissioner in one league i love quarterbacks i love uh, high point total so i'm going if I have the number one pick, I'm going Josh Allen one. Last year, I took quarterbacks with my first three picks because we have super flexes in our league, and you can play up to three <laughs> quarterbacks. Wow. If you're a Rams fan and Sean McVay, you like offense. So we load up for offensive scoring. But again, learn your leagues because that's really important. Ernie, this was fun. Yeah. And I cannot believe I have more Pittsburgh Steelers guys that I like (laughs) than Rams guys. I mean, the Rams guys, I think, are pretty well known with the Cooper Cups and Stafford. But I think they're more pieces with the Steelers. The big unknown is... Can Trubisky and Pickett get it done right. in terms of racking up points? Najee is going to have a monster year. I, I believe so. So will the wide receivers, Freermuth, live up to what I believe they're going to live up to for your sake? So, whew, it's almost time. Two September weeks. 8th is Two coming weeks. around the corner when yeah. Buffalo comes to SoFi to play the Rams. But, Ernie, your closing thought. Do you have anything for today? I have something. I mean, it's not really big news. I was just watching, uh, you know, a lot of the YouTube videos in regards to uh, this Durant to the Boston Celtics, uh, you know, rumor mill that has now died off, died down, you know, not died out, pretty much died, uh, you know, given that they've kissed and made up, at least for now. But the the opposite point on top of that is what, what effect it has on the trade uh, of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has been, uh, you know, the centerpiece uh, that was focused on this particular trade for Durant. And uh, Jalen Brown, uh, from many people's standpoint, I, I think he felt a little 
hurt by this. Uh, he is a professional. The guy is very mature for his age. Very mature. Very, uh, you know, he is a leader. He belong. He 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 is on the players. Uh, you know the. He's on that player players co- council. Yeah, players council stuff, and and I think he's, he's probably going to be president one day. Very active in social. Uh, very intelligent. Yeah, young very. Man. Yeah, he spoke at he spoke at Harvard uh, Educational School in regards to you know social injustice. So, but I believe the guy has a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I I think these recent events in regards to him being. Uh, you know, the most talked about trade piece in, you know, that Durant trade uh, kind of put things in his head because he only has two years remaining on his contract uh, with the Boston Celtics. And a lot of people, uh, including myself, thought that he was the best player in the NBA finals for the Boston Celtics. I mean, Jason Tatum kind of stunk it up uh, in that final series. I believe he was the best. He was the best. Uh, player at least it, against the Warriors. That's that particular series. Uh, so his value, uh, you know, if put up for bid, uh, he might not. He has a choice on whether he can, you know, stay with the Boston Celtics or you know leave for greener pastures. Now, greener pastures. Uh, it all depends on the player. Does that mean more money? Does that mean more? Uh, you know. Status being that now you're the number one instead of the number one A or number one B. Uh, does that mean you have a better chance for an NBA championship? Who knows? You know, it, it all depends upon the the individual. I've seen players win the NBA championship and that was good enough for them. They went for greener pastures after that. We've seen it in all sports. But what I'm worried about is the media because I believe this was, I don't, think that the Boston Celtics did enough to show their gratitude to Jalen Brown in this case. I think they should have. Uh, they pretty much remained silent in regards to, uh, you know, not rec- not uh, confirming whether he, that trade was valid or not. To me, not saying anything is just as good as, you know, taking blame for anything or 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 whatnot that uh, the media puts out there, whether it be positive or negative. I think they should have. Uh, said something to at least, you know, put a worth on Jalen Brown, you know. I, I, so that's, that is my thought. I think when trades of these, of these magnitudes happen, now they don't happen uh, uh, regularly because Durant is a top two, top three player in the NBA, and that doesn't happen every single day. But when it does, I think management needs to have the foresight to... You know, not just think of this as the business. We know it's all a business. We all know that this is a business as, as far as sports, sports are concerned. But I've seen many a player be very disgruntled in regards, in, be very disgruntled in regards to this. And I am just crossing my fingers right now, hoping that Jalen Brown is mature enough to see it from the business standpoint, not from... You know, oh, they don't like me anymore. Oh, you know what? I think they like Jason Tatum more than they, they like me. Oh, maybe I'd be better off in, you know, Atlanta where I grew up. Maybe I'd be better off in New York or maybe I'd be better off in L.A. where where uh, when LeBron leaves or something like that. 
since you know Monty called and said you know they don't like you out there in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> but, you. I, but I really nah. think that that was just playing on my mind this whole week. I think you're going to be fine. I mean, he is a very mature, very mature kid, and and winning cures everything. Of course, you're hurt when it first came out, but. I think Brad Stevens and, and, and the coach, I think they're smart enough to be able to massage this. Uh, and you can spin it. I mean, you can spin it any way you want. You can be like, this, there's no way we're going to It's Kevin Durant. I think when guys get really hurt, I think initially he was hurt because this was like right after the finals. So it's like, well, I just did this. And then you feel hurt. But I tell you what, if you're Jalen Brown and you're being bandied about to get Kevin Durant, that's kind of an honor. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of, you know, you can you can look at it like there's a handful of guys that if you're the guy that's going for this guy to come, it's like if you can get Giannis or Jokic or Embiid at the or Curry or or Durant. That's what we're talking about here. These kind of guys, if you're the one that's they want in return for this superstar, that can be used in a, as a as a motivational tool as well. Could but I, I think winning cures all ills. I think their chemistry this year towards the end was great. I think it's a blessing in disguise. Who knows? If Kevin Durant came, you never know. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. But this may be a situation Boston is better off that it didn't happen. Let Brogdon come in, assimilate himself with everyone else. And let's not forget, they were two games away from being the world champion. True. You know, so they were right there. They don't need a massive rebuild. If you can bring in one of the top five players in the world, you got to at least consider it. But when it didn't happen, you move on and you win a title. And that's hopefully not what happens from a Laker fan. But I'm sure that's what you're hoping as a Celtic fan. Yeah, I just just hope no mountains out of molehills. That's that's the only thing. There are certain people that I think are problematic. I think he's too smart. He's too mature. to let it bother him long term. There's mm-hmm. no doubt anyone would be initially hurt considering it was right after the finals where he was the best player for the Celtics during that final. I, There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. So he had every right to be hurt. But I think uh, I think they're going to be okay. And I expect them to be better than they were last year. Oh, definitely. It's just a matter of what everybody else is doing. Exactly. So that's what's going to exactly. be interesting. But who cares about the NBA? we got two months before we have to consider <laughs> that. It's all about the NFL. NCAA football started this week. Most drafts are going to take place for you for football in the next week or so, certainly before September the 8th. Go back and listen to last week's show for quarterbacks and running backs. Hopefully this week we shared enough information for you from the wide receiver, tight end, and defensive positions to help you win your league that make us happy. Go to social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Share your thoughts on what you think. Shoot us out some questions. We'll be happy to answer it via social media or even the next week's show if need be. But until next week, Ernie, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.